four bears. I think I can make that happen. Bear! Well, folks, we're back in the Between Two Bears headquarters studios. We have our friends, the Gambling Gauchos, here tonight in the mix, hanging out. We got Kyle, we got Rob. We're having a party, honestly. Um, What's up, gang? What are y'all up to this week? Hanging out at Big 12 Media Days. Doing it big. Nice. How was I didn't really tap in today. I don't know anything about Miranda it. was philosophical. Yeah. That that'll happen. He and did he say like- he uh, <laughs> needs to start transfer portal. Yeah, he talks like a philosophy professor though. Like that yeah, could be his second hey, calling if football coaching doesn't work out. Yeah, and coming off a hot streak of coaches who were eager to speak, it has been a breath of fresh air. I'll say that much. Um he means what he says. It's cool. It's, you know, it is such, it is so, I'm just realizing this right now, not having to defend someone daily, all the weird things they do is such a relief. And you guys have that now. What's that been like? It seems like it's been great to you. Yeah. Joey's been, been good. I, I don't think we've had to defend anything. Joey said, has there been a, a time where you're like, Oh, you know, I don't know if I would have done that. Joey. Um, the everything runs through Lubbock quote, I feel like he got a little bit carried away in the moment, um, which like you can kind of, yeah, but it was locker room talk that the creative team published for everyone to see. So like if that was written on a whiteboard that leaked out, that's one thing, but that was kind of a conscious decision. And like, to be fair, uh, nobody who won the big 12 last year won in Lubbock. And so like, you can kind of defend it, um, and he, he was also, it was kind of like future tense. He was like, the country's about to find out that everything runs through Lubbock. And so obviously like it was a solid first season, but not like, hey, college football runs through West Texas. But I think Joey has the chops to be like a legit 10 plus win coach soon. And so maybe, maybe we'll get there where the big 12 runs through Lubbock. I mean, on a technicality, like I said, yeah, yeah. I think it'd be fun. You got some new inroads, you know, your your highways have become a lot more trafficked with these new additions. So it it really might. I think it'd be awesome if you did. Um I don't really have anything to say about Joey besides like dumb jokes. I think he's cool. I think he's really fun. I like that his son was a quarterback here. I think he's just a fucking cool dude. <laughs> I would like to hang out with him, I think. Uh I'm interested to see. I don't I guess I don't know much about how he calls games. I don't I I guess I haven't learned enough about like his um like decision making it seems to be good so far um i'm very excited to see what he does this year because it seems like a lot of people are excited about you guys i'm i will admit i'm a little surprised but it's only because i don't know much so can you help me understand uh what's going on what's going on with these first place votes i'm hearing about um honestly i think it probably mirrors baylor a lot i mean like the actual schemes aren't that similar but texas tech was the most aggressive team on fourth down last season baylor was second most they used the same analytics firm to make those calls. And so defensively, same mindset, like they're trying to turn people over. They're not trying to shut anyone down. Like I think they've adapted well to modern college football. There's going to be points. There's going to be yards. But if you can get turnovers in key spots, you can win some games. So very aggressive on both sides of the ball. And I think very comfortable doing that. Um, like that was kind of the identity all of last season. Um, and then, Rob, I guess I'll let you speak to maybe why the hype train left the station at 100 miles an hour this offseason. I honestly don't know. I, I think there's a lot of returning production. I think people like that. I think, you know, we one of our favorite stats to say is Shuck hasn't lost a game he started and finished. He's undefeated. Hey, he joined Seth Russell in that category, brother. Go. So he's in good company. Now there's a 21-point <laughs> deficit to Texas and a, an absolutely pitiful showing coming in against TCU in the second half in there too. But um, a lot of returning production, mm-hmm. a lot of old players. I think – but who remembers right. those? Yeah, exactly. We don't. I think there's uh, 16 or 16 super seniors. Too, so I, there's, a, there's a lot to be said about why Texas Tech might be good, but I think it's also just who else. Yeah, that's the real question because I'm not sure who else. Um, I think I was saying this yesterday on with, with the slander you boys, Deontay, we can, we can bleep that out. They don't need to know about any other pods on this podcast. Uh, 
but I was saying that um, the Big 12 is going to be so fun this year because, like, sure, everyone, again, is thinking, like, yep, Texas, this is the time. But there's, like, five other people you could sell me on right now. None of them are in the state of Iowa, I will admit. But there's about five teams that I could mostly out of Texas, honestly, that I could see winning this year. I uh, don't see any teams out of Oklahoma doing it for the third year in a row, unfortunately. Yeah, I think even so, both the, both the Oklahoma schools have bad schedules or good schedules in their Yeah, opinion. they have weak schedules. Um, but, yeah, I would, I would say like Tech, TCU, and Baylor, I would all yeah. say are kind of equally likely to you know, get past the nine-win mark. And I feel like if you can get to nine and three, ten and two, if, the, if there's as much parity as we all expect, that could be a ticket to the conference championship game. Texas, you know, they – they won the preseason poll running away, widely regarded as the most talented team. So I think people are like automatically slotting them in as one of the two teams that will make it to Arlington. But we've seen that prediction every year for the last decade. Yeah, so it's like, I mean, prove it prove it, um, or don't. But like until they get there. Yeah, yeah. but you got to win so when you I'm get skeptical there. Of, I'm you skeptical know? of a lot of teams, but I also think like five or six have a credible case. And like I wouldn't be surprised if – uh, a handful of different teams made it to Arlington. So, yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be so fun. I really, I don't think I could give you an honest answer if if I had to tell you who I think is going to win. Um, I know several teams who it won't be. I think we may be losing a couple head coaches this year, fellas. Um, I didn't really plan to talk about this, but I don't know if Neil Brown's coming out of this one alive. He's Rob's favorite. Well, I bet he still has his life, but I don't think he has his job. He's probably got a. Oh, I don't know much about them. I just know that they keep being bad, mostly. I well, I know that Baylor can't win there, but that hasn't hurt us too much in the past. You know, we've been able to no. overcome that. Neil, Neil Brown stinks. He fired him last year. I don't know. <laughs> There's the whole trust the climb thing. He's not climbing anywhere. He, he's not going up any mountains. He's the worst. Um, let me ask you something, and you can be honest. No one listens to this podcast, so we can just speak the truth here between us. Um, what do you think of Matt Campbell? I know I have some very strong feelings, but I want to know what like what other people think. What like not that you two are the everyman, but you know what's the everyman think about Matt Campbell? What's the truth? What do you think the truth is about Matt Campbell? Yeah, I, I don't want to speak for Rob, but I think we're probably mostly aligned. Coaches like him, after being at Iowa State for three or four years, you can either like go to the NFL. Or, you know, go to a blue blood or you can stay there. And he stayed and he too long. And so now it's like, he could yeah, have. yeah. He was like in every uh, every NFL coaching cycle, he was tied to like three or four different jobs. And so I feel like now he's kind of, I don't want to say stuck there because like he has a good contract. There's not a lot of pressure to win there. You know, he, he could go yeah, seven to five every year and probably be okay. Um, I, I mean, I do think he's a good coach, but now it's like, well, I feel like you're a rung or two below some other Big 12 programs. And so it's going to be an uphill climb if he wants to get back to something like a, yeah, a right? preseason like, top 10 or Big 12 championship game, all that good stuff. The so, year that they made it, you know, the whole thing was he's this new young guy taking over. But since since we've started saying that, two people have come in and won the whole thing. So uh, I don't know. I think he's a nice guy. And like, I bet he is a really good football coach, but he's not winning. And I feel like I only ever say mean things about him. But uh, yeah, they got some first place votes a few years ago and then they've been stinky ever since. I don't get it. I don't want this to be Coach Slanderfest because I, I think some people might actually listen to this. Deontay, we'll have to talk about how much of this could stay in. But here's the thing TCU needs to win something before we can keep giving them all this love we're giving them because I'm sick of it. What's going on? What do you what do you guys think of TCU? Let me just let's just go rapid fire. I'll throw schools at you and we'll make this a thing. <laughs> no, I, I love the TCU slander. They're coming off their greatest season in school history. No Heisman, no conference championship, and they lost their last game of the season. That's not that good for your greatest season ever. It's tough. And the thing is, here's the problem. We were all happy. If you remember back in this brief window, everyone was happy to let TCU be this sort of media darling. We were all on board with it. We even played along a little. It was nasty, but some people did. And then they lost by 58 points. I don't know why people are pretending like that didn't happen. Like, I feel like they expect everyone to just like leave that game like, oh, that was weird. No, they lost by 58. The most anyone's ever lost a bowl game by. And then they hired Kendall Bryles to help them figure out an offense. 
to help him figure out an offense in the Big 12 that had Kendra Bryles. And no one's asking their coach about that hire, I might add. He talked I forgot that you guys were there when I'm – oh, did he? Dude, I haven't tapped in. That, see, Deontay, this is – I'm glad we record these because I just – sometimes I just get on this train and I don't know where it's going. <laughs> so they did ask him. Actually, I'm interested. What Can you tell me about how that went because I'm very interested? It was basically like, hey, I'm glad that happened at Baylor because now we know what not to do. And I've known Kendall Browse since he yeah. was 13, and that was all the thing I needed. So wait, tell me exactly what he thinks it is not to do then, besides <laughs> hire a Bryles yeah, hire and vouch Yeah, I, yeah I, I don't understand. Okay, all right. Man. Well, and the thing yeah, is, but- it's a bad football decision. Yeah. All right, anyway. Okay, you yeah. were saying something. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, he wasn't really that great of an OC at Arkansas. But, yeah, the quote was weird. It was like – it was something like the silver lining of what happened in Waco is that, like, Title IX has been enhanced and, like, now we know how to stop things like that from happening. And so that's why I hired Kendall Bryles. But that that's kind of like if you know somebody is a convicted arsonist, like hiring them to be the fire chief because they taught you a lot about starting fires. Like, that's a weird – I don't know. It was a weird justification, in my opinion. Like to make sure that what happened to Baylor doesn't happen here, we hired one of the architects of what happened at Baylor. Yeah, well, and like I think, I think the thing, the thing, I think you're spot on, and I think the thing that is so, it makes me sad about the whole thing, is um, they talk about him like he's some sort of like idiot son, like oh he's just the son of the guy, like he was the offensive coordinator, you know, <laughs> he was he was the architect behind the offense that at the time had not yet been solved. People hadn't learned how to go three linemen yet. You know, they were still figuring that out in the Big 12. He was the offensive coordinator, you know, and like I don't know. The way the, the way he specifically handled himself during that 2016 season where they did that like coordinated dump where they basically like said nuh-uh to all of it, you know, like the night before the TCU game and then got 40 pieced like I don't know how much you guys remember about that 2016 season, but we started six and like six and oh, we were like number six in the country. And rumor has it there was some sort of uh, I shouldn't get no, we'll cut that piece out down to. But anyway, we went six and oh, and then we finished six and six, and then we like blow Boise State out in a bowl game. So like there's a very clear sort of like coaches giving up on the season, and they were stinky. So I feel like people don't really uh they don't unpack what happened at Baylor enough to really tell the truth about Kendall Bryles and what he did and like what went on here and the role he played in some of the nastiness that was going on. So that's why I get so worked up about it because I feel like the story that gets told is like, yep, that's our Bryles son, but he's not his dad. But like, no, he, dude, he was like the office. He was calling plays, you yeah, know, in a big, so that's my soapbox. When you should be able to hire almost anyone you want coming off a 13 win season. Like that should be an attractive coordinator job for (laughs) any number of candidates and they get Kendall Bryles. Yeah. And like, sure. Like I remember a time in my life when I pointed to all the yards and points that he scores. I don't know how many games you guys watched where he's the offensive coordinator, where they matter, where we needed points, where, where it was third down and we needed yards or it was the fourth quarter and we needed to run clock. Couldn't do it blew like a four possession lead in a bowl game to Michigan state, like some very, very real flaws. It's just so silly. I don't know why they did that. They had so much goodwill. So they lost me. They lost me and they lost by 58 points. (sighs) I promise not to take over any more of these schools. (laughs) I feel like TCU really didn't have to do a whole lot to lose you, Evan. Well, and I in earnest was happy to, to let the, I mean, it's a very exciting thing. But P.U., you know, P.U. <laughs> Who else we got? Mike Gundy. You guys got any thoughts about Mike Gundy? He was uh, one of the only coaches that didn't give an opening statement today. He doesn't want to be there. <laughs> <laughs> and said, all right, questions. That's, that's kind of an alpha move. <laughs> I. It has been my opinion for like three years now that he is out. Ever since what, what Dave Aranda and his gang of boys did to that man and Jerry World I don't think he'll ever recover from it. I wouldn't personally, and I I don't think he'll ever be back. I agree with you every once in a while, and then he just comes out of nowhere and is there for five more years. I thought he was done four years ago when they were with uh, Taylor Cornelius. I thought he was going to get fired or leave. (laughs) 
they let him start Taylor Cornelius for a whole year. Yeah. He he does not respect them. He does not respect no. them. That's the problem. And then he, he bounces back and has Spencer Sanders for three or four years. So who stinks? Who where is he playing at now? Spencer Sanders is playing football somewhere else. Ole Miss. Oh, oh, and they stink too. I don't know if you guys have played them recently. We did. They stink. Yeah, we played them uh, after you did in the bowl game. Back to back. Oh, did y'all win? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, we two-pieced Ole Miss? Okay, this is the official podcast of Eat Shit Ole Miss. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have any Ole Miss friends, but. Well, he he's like, I think, third string on the depth chart there. Like, they just announced their media days, guys, and they're sending a different quarterback. And, like, apparently he might not even be the backup at Ole Miss. So, weird kind of career move for him. Um, but yeah, I think Gundy, I think Gundy's best days are probably behind him. Yeah. Um, quick Spencer Sanders trivia. I don't want to slander him too much tonight, but the year that Baylor won the big 12, two years ago, we played Oklahoma state twice. If you had to guess how many interceptions he threw against us, what would you guess? The way you set it up, I'm going to go high. You say five, Kyle. Yeah. Five. I'll I'll go six. Okay. I am going to check. I'll have to double check this. Deontay, you'll have to fact check me later. But he threw seven. I think he threw seven interceptions. He threw a bunch in the Big 12 title game. If he would have thrown even six, they would have gone to the playoffs. But he had to throw seven. So I'm fully out on Spencer Sanders. I know a lot of people have a lot of good things to say about him. But I saw him catapult us into a sugar bowl we didn't frankly earn in a lot of ways, I thought. (laughs) Do you remember Alan Bowman, Evan? Oh, do I? Didn't his like lung collapse? Yeah. That Twice. I feel like I know one I know one thing about every player. What's he up to? What's up with Alan Bowman? He's Oklahoma State's new starting quarterback. That's not real. Is he really? <laughs> yeah. Wait. Yeah. And they like love it. They're like, we got this big transfer, like we're gonna be so good because of Alan Bowman. I'm like, guys, like I'm I'm not trying to um, shit talk just because y'all are in another school, like Y'all aren't going to be good if Alan Bowman's the starting quarterback. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, wait. Tell me, uh, what what do what does the average Texas Tech fan think about Alan Bowman these days? I don't know much about this story. I mean, Rob probably thinks he's better than I do, but the last so after the injuries, he like couldn't <laughs> throw anymore. Like he he throws the softest ball. Brother, so like been there. <laughs> he's getting pick six every time he throws it to the sideline. Like he's afraid to be in the pocket. Like it was not good. Yeah, man. Do you guys want to hear about the worst play I think Kendall Bryles ever called at Baylor? I'm pretty sure <laughs> yes. it was him. If it wasn't him, he was definitely in the he was in the room that made the call. It was the year 2011. It was a home game. We had the ball. No, it was 2012. We were playing Kansas State, the number one team in the country, who we did beat. We had the ball on our own one yard line, going that this away, 99 to go, and he threw a screen. He threw a wide receiver screen that was picked off. And then they did like a quarterback dive on the next play. I I think I probably got some critical details of this wrong, but that is what happened. We threw a wide receiver screen in our own end zone that the other team caught. So TCU, be on the lookout for that one on the scouting report. Make sure you put some X's on that one. Wait, this is fun. I want a rapid fire question. So you guys were both in the room today for, for all the media day. You were both in there? I was. Kyle I was not. Yeah, only Rob was. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, was there any coach that like lost the room that everyone was kind of just like, ah, okay, come on. It's I bet it's Mike Gundy, but t- I want to hear some about like I don't really know what goes on in that room. Gundy was good. Uh, Aranda, Aranda gave. Well, he's just entertaining, so people ask him questions. Yeah. Um, Holgerson was entertaining. People asked him a bunch of questions. Aranda, I thought gave too long of an opening statement. He kind of bored everyone to death and they were like, Oh wait, we got to ask him a couple questions now. Um, it was a really, That's how I get to yeah, it. It was a really long opening statement. He, he answered a bunch of questions before he got going, which is kind of how he does it. Okay. He has to answer less questions. Mm-hmm. If he just answers questions before people get to ask him the questions. <laughs> um, I feel like he just kind of floats it. Have you ever seen the movie soul? where they talk about how when people get in their bag really deep, they just like walk. I feel like that's him on a microphone. I feel like he was born to be like a, like one of the, like one of those um, slam poets. I feel like that's what he should be like in his, in his next life. Could have been in his former life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, oh, what's his name? Sarkeesian said everyone was his, everyone, every 
they're going to get every team's best shot. So every team is their Super Bowl. Even Alabama. Nice. He said I, even Alabama's going to give us their best shot. Good. Good on him for for just getting ahead of that one. Um, how many ten win seasons do you think Steve Sarkeesian has as a head coach? If you had to guess, if I told you the truth, which is he's been coaching for nine seasons, yeah, zero, zero. So what's the deal? Do people think that he has some sort of secret sauce that isn't just like coaching at Alabama while Nick is the head coach? I don't get it. I don't get it. Either, I mean, I've seen, he's been. I've seen him go crazy, but I haven't seen him win nothing. Well, he's been at Washington, USC, and Texas, like teams that have no deficit mm-hmm. of resources, talent, assistant coaching pool, and to never get to 10 mm-hmm. wins at those three schools is like pretty hard to do. Um, do you want to know something about this journey to 10 wins that he's still on? That is a, a really important piece. He had to coach against um, a Heisman winner at Baylor in a bowl game, the Alamo Bowl, and I think we scored about 163 points. We beat them. They scored about 160. I think it was really close. But RG3 painted his final masterpiece against Washington. And he, I don't know if you guys remember any highlights from that game, but he moonwalked for about 20 yards on one play against them. It was incredible. That kind of reminds me, uh, Rob, if you don't mind me going on, on a tangent here, I need to engage Evan on here my theory on, on Baylor fans. <laughs> So, oh yes, I want this is a critical. This is important. Yeah, I was hoping you we would get here. So, Evan, you and I are about the same age, right? Yeah. Um, were you like a were you a college football junkie as a kid, or did you like get there once you were on campus as a student, like all about Baylor? Yeah, that's an interesting question because I really I've I've always loved like watching football. Like you know, when I was in high school, I loved going to the high school games. I was very into that. Um, but I really didn't become like a big fan of watching Baylor play until I got like to college you know, they were just, I lived in a town that had a college that stunk at football. So I didn't, I didn't pay them any mind. And then we started winning like RG three won the Heisman my senior year of high school. And, uh, you know, and then I went there the next year. So it was pretty easy to get on board. Uh, but it has been a very wild ride. I know this is kind of a long winded answer, but, um, I've seen every angle of being a fan in my short window, (laughs) you know, (laughs) That's exactly where I'm going with it because I, I I was like a sports junkie even as a little like toddler. And so I, I was coming of age as a schoolboy when like Mike Leach and the offense was taken off and Tech yeah. never like won the Big 12 or anything, but they beat A&M a lot. They had mm-hmm. crazy stats, like no matter who the quarterback was, he's thrown for 4,500 yards. Yeah. And Texas was like – you know, Vince Young, they they won a natty, all that. But, like, in the state of Texas, it was UT, Texas Tech was number two, and, like, A&M stunk back then. And Baylor was, like, what Kansas was before Leipold got there. Like, they would go over in Big yeah. 12 play. They were terrible. Yeah, um, we'd stunk. And I, so, I guess I'm one year older than you because kids from my high school went to Baylor, and I was so jealous because they, like, arrive as stupid little freshmen, and y'all beat OU in Waco, RG3 wins the Heisman, and then they're like junior and senior year in college. Yeah, they like win the big 12 back-to-back, 13 and 14. They're like, oh, like this is just how it is being a Baylor fan. Like we're awesome. I was like, no, y'all were yeah. the worst program in college football when I was growing up. And so I hate it because like Baylor fans are like, oh, like four big 12 championships, Heisman trophies. And I'm like, yeah, that that rules for you. But like I remember the dark days and it pisses me off that kids my age that went to Baylor instead of Tech or Texas State or wherever – just like lucked into like the greatest run ever. It's like, it's Dude, unreal. It is insane. It is insane. So like, you know, across ba- just basketball alone, we've won four national titles since 2005. I think people take that for granted, but I, it's interesting. I think the plight of a Baylor fan is one that you shouldn't have any pity for, but it is very interesting because like there was a time like in the eighties, not super long ago where Baylor was like good, like very good. I would say, I wouldn't say like, extremely good but they had a window where they were pretty good the 90 all of the 90s in the first half of the 2000s like you guys are saying just like the very like i remember getting like tickets in my happy meals growing up because they just had them you know they were they just had some around so like they were giving them away um but through all of this like Baylor, like waco has become a hotbed for women's basketball which i know like everyone knows that we've been winning the big 12 for the last like decade until this last year um but I think what that means in Waco is there are a lot of like real, genuine, lifelong fans of you know the sport. So 
it's always been nice. Honestly, like it's weird talking about it, but like it's always been nice being a fan because like we always had that and we always were winning there. Um, and a lot of people in Waco were content with it. And then we got dragged into all this bullshit we didn't ask for. And now we got all this baggage that we got to explain. It stinks. The plight is bananas. And some people don't deserve pity, but I can, I can picture like a 60 year old Baylor fan who definitely has never listened to this podcast, but like remembers being good and then being just awful, like losing by 70 points. Some like, like, like a team like Iowa state, you know, a team kind of like that. And then, you know, back-to-back Big 12 champs. No one's ever done that besides us in Oklahoma. And we have three – we won it three times in the last decade, a decade in which we took four years off. So it's weird. No one knows how to feel. It's a very weird place. And then, you know, we'll lose, we'll lose 11 games in a season for no reason. Like, what's going on there? I, I vividly remember. I was like seven years old. Ne- Nebraska was beating y'all 59-3 to in the first quarter. <laughs> And I don't think I'm exaggerating. It and I was just like, so nasty. It was horrible. And so, like, the heel turned to just like, oh, yeah, like, here's another New Year's Six. I'm like, how did they do this? And a lot of tech fans my age are a little bit older that remember how bad Baylor was. They've just been waiting, like, every year on y'all's downfall. They're like, oh, any minute now, Baylor's going to return to being the worst program in college football. And of course, it hasn't happened and probably won't at this point. Um, just, I feel like they recruit so well in the state of Texas. They have, Good coaching hire after good coaching hire, um, and so anyway, I we were waiting for that when when we're back in hell. I don't know, bro. We we may back <laughs> be back there someday. Well, and it's crazy because I think like when you tell the story of like the last big regime here, like when when Art Bryles was the coach, it's obviously like you have to be very careful with how you talk about it because you want to make sure you frame it correctly because some really really nasty things went on here, and like I think. Uh, aside from a couple anonymous like internet users, everyone's pretty on the team that that was like really awful. And the, the silver lining in it all is they really have like built rebuilt in a way that is sustainable and is um, a way where you can win in a way that you're proud of. Um, But we weren't winning games because of how nasty it was. And I feel like it's really hard to tell that story, you know, because all the things that were happening, you know, when you would hear, I mean, you know, just like every other person, I would read an allegation about a player and I'd be like, dang, another one. That's awful. The worst thing that player, you know, was removed from the team. I mean, you know, then there was, there was nastiness all afoot. So I guess, I guess the point I'm making is, you know, there was just some really good football being played. And I think people saw the good football and, you know, they did an incredible job of branding it all up until, you know, the world caught on fire. So I think, it had some sticking power in the mind of some people. And then I think for all the flack, I like to give Matt rule. Like, you know, he did, he did a really good job of, you know, getting to tell the story of like what the program's going to be now and what it's going to be in the future. I think we could do a little bit of a better job telling a story of how, who we were in the past. I think a lot of people just like to be like, Oh yeah, well, you know, that was all in a vacuum in this time period, but it's, it's a little more nuanced than that. And a lot of sickos were making some crazy choices, but, um, being a Baylor fan is weird, bro, because there was a few years where we were really, really bad and people were calling us online just the meanest things you could ever imagine. It was such a bizarre place. Um, what do you, what do Texas Tech fans think about Baylor fans? And you have to tell the truth because I know what we look like from the outside too. That's a good question. I think it's I mean, I think what Kyle went through was honestly what a lot of people think that it, it feels undeserved because it, it was they were so bad for so long. But you've made two really good coaching hires in a row in Rule and Aranda, at least successful-wise. And having Joey McGuire on campus, I think, alleviates it a little bit because now he's in Lubbock. And so it's kind of like, oh, well, good for Baylor for doing what we're doing now for five years when Joey was on campus. Um, but now he's in Lubbock. Thank you. Thank you, Baylor. I'm very, I, I'm very excited to see what Joey does. I hope I'm going to be honest, guys. I hope he's not great. I have to, I have to be honest. I hope he loses a handful of games every year. Um, but if happen. he doesn't, that is going to be so fun. I think the years where people think the most fondly of the big 12 are the years where Texas tech is like at the top, top two, top three. That's when it's the most fun. Cause then there's like a trillion points. Yeah, uh, so I've got two things on Baylor fans. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> First is, like, you just read through this litany of great experiences you've had as a Baylor fan, Heisman Trophy, 
Big 12s, basketball, natties, all that. But like, even when I'm intentionally trying to bait y'all's fan base online, I can't find three of you. Like it's you, Joe Goodman, and like maybe <laughs> another guy will pop in. And I know it y'all stinks. have a, it is a burden. It is a burden. Know, let me tell you. Well, it's like y'all have y'all have more students than TCU. Like you're not Houston where you've been in some irrelevant conference, and so like the fan engagement is lower. So I'm like, where are the Baylor fans? Because like they have a successful they're athletics off, they program. Get, they're married, dude. They're offline. <laughs> they don't. Well, I, they have shared Facebook accounts. I think. I don't know. <laughs> I think they would be more fun if they would interact with us online. Because like I would say, ninety percent of Big Twelve schools. Like we give Houston grief for being absent, but like honestly, I'm not trying to cast shade. Baylor is probably like the second least engaging fan base in the Big Twelve after Houston. Yeah, I think, and it shouldn't be that. I way. think, I think that we average older. There's, I think there's fewer of us than a lot of the big schools, and I think we average older. I think if you that go on sense. like, um, Rumble or like, uh, what's some other ones? I think if you go to like. The My Pillow Guys website. There's a lot. I don't know where they are either, dude. Uh, no, that's not true. I. It's so interesting. I feel like I have my feet in two different worlds because I'm extremely online. Like I'm my. I'm all of my friends. I'm like their online friend, and then I feel like there's this whole subset of the whole Baylor universe where it's like they are just they are parents. <laughs> they have three children, you know, and they are just like off Twitter the same way they're off Facebook. So I feel like they are just the annoying guy at work. Like, Hey, did you hear Baylor one again? They just have like no one to tell. I don't know. They're missing out on all the fun though, because it is fun. Cause like you were saying, hard debate. So like we, yeah. we, we've had enough winning in enough short amount of time that the recency bias, we can just kind of like I, what I really, I, I keep being so long winded. I'm so sorry about this, but I just want to say my favorite thing about being a Baylor fan is so many of them are eager to fight. If if you're look if you're looking for an argument, especially when we're losing a game, so many of them will fight you on game day. They'll come out of the woods. They will. I don't have to fight. I get to talk all the trash and reap all the rewards, but I don't have to do any of the fighting. So you are describing a very ideal situation for me. I have to speak my truth. <laughs> uh, like the other day, you know, I did a one of those dumb off season lists just to like fill. Twitter content and it was it was every Big 12 basketball program's crown jewel. And so for Baylor, <laughs> oh, I, you put I put, that yeah, like like three people <laughs> said anything about it. I'm like, I'm calling your natty a Mickey Mouse COVID natty, and like yeah. nobody will even get up in arms about it. So the other the other thing that I have beef with Baylor fans on is <laughs> when we hired Grant McCaslin to be our basketball coach. Baylor fans are like, well, there they go again, hiring another Baylor guy to <laughs> hey, I was like, there they like, went. Well, what do you want me to well, say? But okay, here's here's what I want to say. Arguably, your greatest football coach in terms of on-field results in program history is Art Bryles. Hey, he is claim a graduate. Him all you want, buddy? I'm not. I'm not claiming them. Just the, the just the facts. He's a Texas Tech graduate, and he he cut his teeth as an assistant at Texas Tech. Arguably, your second most successful football coach of all time, Grant Taff. He coached at Lubbock High School, and he it was an assistant at Texas Tech. Uh, Dave Aranda, your current head coach, who won a Sugar Bowl. Maybe you remember that. Won a Sugar Bowl, <laughs> won a Big 12, master's degree from Texas Tech, former assistant at Texas Tech. Do you know who your current DB's coach is at Baylor? Off the top of your You know head. that I don't. You definitely know that I don't. <laughs> His name is Kevin Curtis, and he was a defensive back at Texas Tech, former assistant at okay. Texas Tech. He's in like the Texas Tech Athletics Hall of Honor or Hall of Fame. Uh Okay. The head of, well, I hang okay, on. So I'm not done. Hang on. I'm not done. The head okay, of your you know, scouting, <laughs> head of your scouting is Aaron Hunt. He is a former Texas Tech defensive lineman. He's like top three all time in sacks at Texas Tech. So your football program has used Red Raider after Red Raider after Red Raider to win some football games. So I don't want to hear anything about Grant McCasland or Joey McGuire just because Joey wandered in there as an assistant and y'all didn't want to hire him full time. <laughs> That's y'all's fault, not ours. Hey, so I don't want to hear about how it. Tech needs Baylor to, be, to be successful. <laughs> it's the other way around. That was good. I had not even considered that. That is hilarious. I actually – I have a lot of Texas Tech love. Um, I don't actually hate you guys much at all. But <laughs> I will say – I will say this. We definitely should have lost a game to you guys about two years ago in Waco. Do you remember it? Were you guys yes. there? I wasn't the there, but fumble. I watched it. The butt fumble. Yeah. Okay. I – 
I came to terms with recently admitting this because I was thinking about a way I could show a gesture of good faith. Tell me, you tell me what you saw. I'm going to look at it with new eyes. No, help me remember this is overtime. This is an overtime. I'm trying to remember the exact play. Yes, Charlie Brewer. I, if I'm recalling, it, it's 2019. It's Matt. Yeah, it's Matt Wells's first year. Uh, it's Rules' third year, and so y'all went from winless to like six and six second year, and y'all are about we to win 11 Kansas. games. Yeah, we didn't lose to Kansas that year. Okay, we were one Sorry, and eleven. I, yeah, there you go. Hang not the everyone. I'm just saying, not everyone <laughs> can beat them, even in their lowest years. That's all I'm saying. True, true. That's facts. Um, and so <laughs> it was overtime. And she just booed. <laughs> um, it was overtime, and I mind you, this was like during the White Claw craze. So I was like 16 White Claws deep. But there we go. Your, your, your center literally just snapped it off of his own ass, which is yeah. a fumble, and. And we and we recovered the fumble. We were supposed to get the ball in overtime where a field goal would win it. And instead uh, the refs call illegal snap or like snap infraction and just give him a a mulligan basically, like a five yard penalty instead of a turnover. And y'all went on to win that game. And honestly, we were not good that year. You alluded to losing to Kansas. We lost to Kansas that year. Thank you, Matt Wells. You did? Um, yeah. I didn't so know like that. Well, I forgot yeah, another that. That was another thing. We well, walked a hang on. Douglas hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> hang on. Let's hang unpack on. it. Throw it back to hang on. Wait, 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 wait. Well, we'll bring it back. TCU also lost to them, I think. Yeah, they did. But Baylor wins 11 games and should have lost to a Texas Tech team that lost to Kansas. Like the worst Texas Tech team since <laughs> the 80s. And so how that happened, I still have no idea. I feel like y'all, I'm not trying to throw shade, well, but I feel like y'all won a lot of close games and got pretty lucky that year. Is that fair to we say? We have had some close game luck. Specifically with your team, we've had a lot of close game luck. Um, one of my favorite things to think about when I think about Texas Tech is all of the games we played in Jerry World and how I miss playing you guys there because you know we did win a lot of those, but they were all good, each of them. They were good to the very end. Um, I will say some of my earliest things I posted on the internet was about how, and I still think this is true actually, um, there was an era where Texas Tech knocked out Baylor's quarterback like seriously in like six games in a row. We had to burn Nick Florence's red shirt his junior year because he had to play like four snaps against y'all. I don't know if you remember Nick Florence much. He led the nation like in offense the year after that. We only got one year out of him. We could have, you took Heisman finalist Nick Florence away from us. That was what I was posting about in like 2011. (laughs) Well, how come y'all didn't redshirt him his freshman or sophomore year? Because I think there was someone named Blake Samansky playing who they had a lot of faith in. And honestly, guys, he just didn't have the juice. But then Robert came in. He played well. He was playing well. We were beating you. And then I will say, if we go back and watch the tape, you guys have given like four guys a concussion, specifically our quarterbacks. And I'm not saying you have to apologize on this podcast so everyone can hear it. I'm not saying you have to do that. I'm just saying we all know what's going on. Cut it out. Well, Kyle and I weren't playing, so I don't think we have anything to apologize for. So, <laughs> <laughs> I hated those games. I think conference games should be played home and home, and like not yeah. just because we lost most of those. It was just kind of lame. Like the atmosphere wasn't as good as if it was on campus at at either school, in my opinion. Yeah, that stadium is too big to keep hosting Baylor and all those games. We there are not. There are not enough of us. They gotta keep they gotta give us new venues because we every game I've ever played there, we have been fifteen percent of the crowd. I so I did laugh. I went to the twenty twelve game at Jerry World between Tech and Baylor. Mm-hmm. And this was it was an eye opening experience in terms of like fan expectations because mm-hmm. like in Lubbock, they let you get a little rowdy. Like you're not supposed to bring in a flask, but like they don't check that closely. Uh you can yell whatever you want at the other team. And so like mother F bombs, like you name it. Um, so I go to this, I was sitting in the Baylor section. Cause as you know, um, my wife went to tech, but friends with Waco people that went to Baylor. And so we were sitting with them and this Baylor fan, he yelled something and he said mm-hmm. like, a, he said like ass or damn, like super PG. He said that out loud. Next yeah. To and me. they like, oh, they, they kicked him out. That. Yes. <laughs> so they like, <laughs> I, I probably like a family or an old person like called security and they like took this guy out and I was like, he got kicked Dude, out for saying like, we're going to kick their ass don't or something. Play. I was like, we would there, not have a student people, section if you could get thrown out for ass. It is so bizarre. I feel like there are so many people, myself included, that don't know how um, 
unique of a place Waco is, how unique the culture inside of that city is until they leave the town. Like I, I lived in Austin for five years and now I live up in Chicago. So I've just, I've seen more of the world than I did my first 25 years. And that town is so quiet. <laughs> it is so, there's no noise and everyone is so polite and quiet. And I'm not sure that's a good thing, but it is true. There's not a lot of yellers in that town. And if you yell, they will quiet you down. Those basketball games, people are sitting. I think it's just because our average fan is older. Our average fan is a suffering, lifelong women's basketball fan. That, that's our demographic until recently. You know, It rules. Let me tell you, it is fun on this side. The grass is green because it is a vacuum. And there's probably like 70 of us that are extremely online. And we just... It's just we we chit chat with each other all day, you know. We everyone knows everyone. It's like a club that everyone's invited to, but only like forty people want to hang out at. And we're all there all the time. Sounds fun. There's it, like a, a club it's of, something a club of probably should be fifty, and there's like six thousand people in there for Texas Tech, so it's a little <laughs> much sometimes. That that also sounds fun. You guys are you, you got the um. Talk to me about this this cactus emoji situation. Is that for a specific subset of your fans, or is that just like a, a moniker like, hey, I'm a Texas Tech fan, I'm in the mix? You just had to bring it up. And I want you to tell me the truth because I don't know. I'm yeah. being honest. I don't know. So last July, a TCU staffer <laughs> was talking trash about Lubbock and building a brand at Texas Tech because of our NIL advances. And used a cactus emoji negatively. So one of our followers was like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if we all put a cactus in our name? So we tweeted it out. Hey, everyone put a cactus in your name. And then it took off because Joey and the football team all put cactuses. Oh, no. So (laughs) it got huge. That rolls. Kyle and I took cactuses out of our names. I don't know. A month later, maybe. But I don't think Texas Tech fans will ever remove the cactus. Mm-hmm. It, it's just part of us now. It was supposed to be like an off-season call to arms, but like in my opinion, once games started being played, the cactus was like over with. But by then, people had like T-shirts, hats, tattoos, <laughs> um, and so yeah, like it has some staying power. Apparently, it's crazy. I feel like every every like fan base kind of has that where it's like. I think when Baylor basketball wins, there there's this gentleman who I've never met, but everyone in the Baylor, he's like a, just a guy and they just tweet a video of him dancing and it's so pleasant and it's so polite and I hope to meet him someday, but I don't get it. And I'm kind of in, you know, like my, I'm in, I, I'm cool. I know what's going on, but like deep, I guess other schools do have weird stuff like that. It makes me feel better. It makes me feel more normal because Baylor does some weird stuff, man. We got, what's the weirdest Texas tech tradition you think? If you had to name it, what would you say it is? Online? The the bell ringer is pretty awkward. Oh yeah, <laughs> the bell ringer. No, I'm talking about like uh, so Baylor's freshman year. Like the the Baylor student experience is very focused on the freshman year. So everything is geared around like cool stuff for freshmen. So they like run the line. They build a bonfire. It's a whole thing. They do this thing. Ironically enough, it's called tortilla tossing. And there's this bridge, the suspension bridge in Waco, and students will go there. And you, God, you maybe have been there. Kyle, there are some people in your life that you are very close to that had taught me this actually in high school. And uh, you go like your freshman year, your first week, and if you go with a girl and you make a tortilla on this platform, legend has it, you get married. I think that's the weirdest thing that Baylor students do as like a tradition. So I'm trying to figure out if like every every time my fans from another school come through in the mix, I want to see what theirs is. I'm collecting them all. Kyle, you went to Texas Tech. I didn't go to Texas Tech. So what are what are your thoughts there? I mean, we also throw tortillas, not uh, not at a rock. In Yours a river. smell way worse. <laughs> yeah, they they can be sweaty sometimes, depending if it's like a September kickoff. But uh, people think that's quirky. Some people think that's like really trashy, and they'll like try to use that as an insult. They call us like tortilla tech, which I think sounds awesome. And so um, I don't know. Like there are you know there, there's trash talk that kind of gets under your skin sometimes, but anytime people are like, Hey, go through another tortilla. I'm like, okay. Like, I, I think that's awesome. Um, but that, that's, I guess probably the most unique Owned. one that we're known. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> that we're like most known for outside of Lubbock. So I'll, I'll go with the tortilla. Yeah. Tossing. I've never been to Lubbock. I've, I've heard that there's some bars there that, uh, let me think of the name. 
You should Chimmies? come. Is it called yeah. Chimmies? Yeah. I Chimmies. would love to go to Lubbock. I've never been to Lubbock. I would love to go someday. Come on down. Um, I would love, I, we should make that happen. Deontay, tell Matt, we got an expensive trip. <laughs> well, fellas, I didn't have much of an agenda, but I think I covered everything. Y'all got any questions? Anything else we can do to help you today? That's what I say at work before I leave the same exact chair. Anything else I can lend a hand with today? <laughs> <laughs> um, tell me about Blake Shapin. Okay. I'm glad you asked because he's good, guys. I, I, I have to tell you the truth. He's good. He, what he did to that Oklahoma State defense in the Big 12 championship game, I feel like we just – we pretend it didn't happen. He started the game like 18 for 18 or something like stupid. Um, last year, he got bonked on his head and then he started throwing interceptions. But if even if you look at some of the games where we lost, like even this the, our last game of the year was against Texas and we lost by 11, he like – he threw one pick when we were already pretty much in hell. Like Bijan had like 200 yards and uh, he went crazy. <coughs> he like went crazy that game. So like he's a good quarterback. I think um, he was being at, I frankly, I think our weak point was not our quarterback or our offensive line or our running backs last year. That's what I'll say about the offense last year. So I think he's going to be good. I think the guy behind him, is also going to be good. Sounds like he was unfortunately coach Leach's like last prodigy. That's how I'm interpreting it. He was like up next. So I think he's going to carry the torch fellas. I think you got a lot to root for, for the next few years in Waco. You know, there's going to be a light shining real bright under center. I think. I hope so. I like Sawyer Robertson. Um, but what needs to happen is they need to hand the ball to Richard Reese and we need to no funny business. And we're just going to run the ball. I'll, I'll tell you guys ahead of time. We're just going to run the ball this year. Evan, I hate to do this to announce this publicly <laughs> on between two bears because I I've only said this in private, but I might I might be putting Richard Reese on fraud alert. Oh no! Tell me more. I have all night. You may think it's dark here. It just looks like it. I got all night. All right. I I might have to double check the game by game stats, but I think that besides Albany, so against all FBS competition last year, I don't think okay. in any single game. Richard Reese averaged more than six yards per carry, which is good. But you would think like a running back's very best game, he gets up to eight or nine yards per carry. For the season, maybe a guy. For the season, he was below five yards per carry, which is pretty average. And that's that's with Albany totaled in. That's also with him running behind an offensive line that I'm sure, as you know, had three sixth year seniors that are no longer there. Baylor has one offensive lineman this season that has started a game at Baylor. You have three guys who have started a college football game on the offensive line. The other two are a pair of do brothers they play from a different BYU. Kind of football over there. What do you mean? But our whole offensive staff, like, like I, I hear you, and you make a good point because you're saying what I'm saying, which is Baylor has gone as their offensive line has gone for years. And you're telling me that we might be stinky this year and that might anchor us. And if we stink this year, I agree. It'll be because we don't have the depth on either line. I think Richard Reese on fraud alert might be a bridge too far. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this magazine called Dave Campbell's Texas football. He was their offensive freshman of the year in Texas last year. Uh, Care to comment? Yeah, I would have, I would have picked Jaron Bradley. uh, But (laughs) well, hang on. And I have one more point. So Dave Aranda, I know, Evan, you said you weren't plugged into Big 12 Media Days today, but Dave Aranda said his philosophy on the transfer portal, it was difficult for him to engage in the portal at first because he said, if you say yes to somebody in the transfer portal, essentially you're saying no to somebody that's already on your roster. And so I know that Aranda does not take in portal additions. I I know he doesn't take that lightly. So why would you bring in Dominic Richardson from Oklahoma State if Richard Reese is that dude – and, you know, he's a freshman All-American and all that. Why would you bring in a guy to basically split carries with him? It's a great question. If you want to get 60 carries a game, you can only do 30 a half. You know, we get up to 25 catch- touches for him in the first quarter. He's going to have to at least get some water. You know, so we got this guy. <laughs> and it looks like he – It looks. I'm looking at him now. It looks like he almost won a Big 12 championship a few years ago. So clearly he's pretty good. I don't know what happened in the game, why he didn't win, but that's beside the point. I think I think our running backs are going to be our strength this year, fellas. And I think I don't know if you saw any pictures or if maybe maybe you, Rob, you saw him in real life today. Blake Shapin, he put on about twenty pounds of muscle. I hear the word from camp is he is looking great, locked in is what I'm hearing. I, I, 
Are you hearing the same? I did not know that was Blake Shapin when he walked by today, but he does. He looks like a linebacker. That's right. And I don't know if you remember the last time Baylor had a linebacker at actually all three of our Big Twelve championships. Linebacker at quarterback Bryce Petty, Gary Bohannon. It's a formula. We get big boys who can run. I I don't officially have Richard Reese on fraud alert. But who who do you have on fraud alert? Because there's another person at Baylor you don't really like that I think is the genesis for your hate of Richard Uh-oh. Reese. <laughs> no, um, well, so first off, I have a good track record with with fraud alert. Um, I don't I don't use that term lightly. I don't you know have twenty guys on fraud alert every season. Like it's very limited, and I don't know if okay. I'm there with Richard Reese, but I, I might be. Um, okay, I'll be listening. So. I hate watching y'all's offense because I think Jeff Grimes is just way too cute just for cuteness's sake. And it's like, just mm-hmm. line up and Reach. run whatever you want to run. Like, you don't run the need, damn ball. Yeah, you don't need three guys in motion. You don't need to show us some formation that nobody's ever seen before. Just line up and run it, like whatever you're going to do. Yeah. So uh, he's a good offensive coordinator. Like, he has a good track record. And I think y'all were decent last year. I think y'all will be pretty good this year, especially if Monterey Baldwin stays healthy. But I hate watching it, like watching it unfold. I don't enjoy. Yeah, it's definitely it. It's it feels a lot like having a guy on your favorite NBA team that every other team hates, but like, uh, but he's a really good glue guy for you. That's how I feel about Jeff Grimes because I agree. I think he has proven to me and a lot of other people that if he can just snap the ball and run it left with Ricky Reese. We can make some. We can make some hay. And I, I fear a few times, uh, specifically, you know, like in the TCU game last year that we ended up losing, which they care more about that regular season game than anyone has ever cared about any game. But that's beside the point. Um, you know, we could have we could have won the game at the end, right? We had him at a third and one. We went with like a little pass play to the left. Shapin made a bad decision, and I feel like that one play is kind of the impetus for a lot of the slander he's been getting. Uh, but if we just run the ball, bro, like we'd probably win three more games <laughs> last year. Like specifically, just us now. Uh, specifically, I don't know if you stayed up till two a.m. last year to watch Baylor and BYU play, but we just we were too cute. We were too cute, and we didn't just run. And it stinks. For the record, I like. Him. I think Rob loves Jeff Grimes. <laughs> I do. I like Jeff. He's. I do like that he is like committed to the bit. The wide zone works if you have the dudes. I fear that our depth may betray us yet again. Um, well, I need Monterey Baldwin to touch the ball 80 times this year. If he doesn't, then Jeff Grimes is kind of dumb. Well, and like he fits in perfectly in like a, a, what you imagine a Baylor offense would be historically, right? Like a guy who can run like three routes better than most people in America. And we're just going to throw it to him like six times a game. And he'll probably open three times. And if Bryce Petty doesn't overthrow him, Hey, we might get some touchdowns in the mix. So I'm excited for it. I, uh, I worry about that defense fellas. I'm going to, I'm just going to say it plainly to you. We lost all of those games last year because our defense was a little stinky. We made some coaching changes. We got a, we got a guy from Oregon. He actually came back to Baylor. So, uh, we're hoping the defense takes a step up because the offense actually was the pretty much just about as good the last two years back to back. The defense is kind of where we lost ground. And uh, if you're a defensive coach in your fourth year, my hope, you know, got a good defense. And I think that's a fair request. Um, all right, guys, people stopped listening about 30 minutes ago. So I'm going to ask you one more question and we're going to get out of here. How many games is Texas Tech going to win this year? And if you want to tell me who you're going to beat, you can, but I need to know the number. I'm going to say eight, but I'm not going to give you who. Okay. Okay. I respect that. And if that happens, I'll tell people you were the first person that said Thank something. You. I will, I'll stand behind Thank you on you. that. I've, I've told everybody, ask me at halftime of the Oregon game, because <laughs> I'll know for you're sure. But if they beat, yeah, we play them in Lubbock. And oh. Right now, Oregon's like a three-point You are going to beat Oregon for sure. Don't worry about those guys. You got bigger things to worry. Bigger fish to fry than Oregon. I'll say it. Don't worry. If, if we beat them, I think they'll win 10 games. Man, I didn't know y'all are playing Oregon. That rules. We're really going to learn a lot about Joey. Is that week two. one? Week two. Week two. Yeah. I will be actively rooting for you. I want to go on record. Good. Um, I only, I only want Joey to lose to us. That's all I'm interested in. 
I hope he doesn't. I can respect that. Um, last question, guys. Um, and this one will be on the house. It's a sponsored question. We're asking one mean question every time fans come on. Do you want to ask me anything about winning a national championship in basketball? How it feels? Um, you know, just seeing the ticker tape come down. Uh, no, because I mean, y'all's natty was about as Mickey Mouse as it was anybody even in the arena to see it happen like do we know for sure that that was real or was that a deep fake I can't answer that but I'll get back to you <laughs> okay <laughs> I, I do know this so after after Texas Tech lost in the national championship in overtime um I think I had the thought that like other fans have entertained only as a hypothetical, like would you rather lose in the most gut wrenching fashion possible (laughs) or would you rather just like lose by 50 and call it a day after seeing what TCU did against Georgia, like as heartbreaking as it was to lose to Virginia like that, I feel like I can at least walk away with my head held high and exactly we we belonged on that stage and like TCU, it's hard to argue that they belonged against Georgia. Now, like, hard to argue. did they deserve to get there? Yeah, because they beat Michigan. But like, that might as well have been an NFL team they were up against because Georgia was so so much better than everybody. Yeah. And not to mention Kansas State, you know. So it's tough to say whether or not TCU belonged. I hope we get to the bottom of it one day. But I just know that if I were to lose any game by fifty-eight, let alone the most watched game of the year. I may just sit on it. I may just wait a couple months. Well, that's that's the other thing. Uh, it wasn't the most watched game of the year. They it was so bad. They People lost tuned out to out? the semifinals. Oh yes. So th- there's another arrow in your quiver if you ever want to go after yeah. TCU fans. They they lost in viewership to the two semifinal games, and I think even the regular season game between Michigan and Ohio State. I really do feel bad for them sometimes. I know. I I know. I outwardly and mean to them, but there's a lot of people that root for TCU that I like. And honestly, the people I'm most mean to are people I've never met that just seem like cool guys. But um, there was one year where they had the best team in the whole country and they finished behind Baylor in the standings. Can you guys believe that? (laughs) They were the best team in America and they fell from three to six in the last playoffs. That does stink. I don't know how else to say that, man. I would th- that would have killed me as a fan. I don't think I could have come back. They won their last game by like fifty points. Wasn't it against you guys? No, it wasn't against you. No. They won their last game by like oh, yes. State. They like many people set a nuclear bomb off on the Iowa State Cyclones, dropped I think seventy, and they fell from three to six. That does stink tremendously. Uh, but hey, them's the breaks. You yep. know what can you do? Um, well, anything else, guys? Anything else you want to get off your chest before we let you go? We do have dozens of listeners that are going to hear this specifically. So this is your moment. Where can we find you? Where can we listen to you? All those good things. You can find us uh, on Twitter at Gambling Gauchos or on uh, Patreon, patreon.com slash Gambling Gauchos. Hey, there we go. What kind of content are you guys pushing out over there on that Patreon? What, what could someone expect? Uh, or is that is it all under... Super max info. I don't want to. I don't want to leak any paid content. No, no, no. We got some interviews over there with some Texas Tech greats, some donors, some regents, and uh, we get the, the Discord access. Ooh, dang! Oh man, here's the thing. Matt's Matt's really the trigger guy over here, and he's just too old enough, I think, to really get Discord going. So, like, we made one. Nothing. It's just me and JP. We're just showing our coffee off. <laughs> What's your Discord like? What do people and, talk about in your Discord? Oh man, it's we got a lot of channels, oh, and it, it's uh, a it's a it's a it's a trip. <laughs> we'll, we'll, Kyle, and I will leave for <laughs> okay. I will press you any now, further. Evan, we'll, we'll leave for a day or two and come back, and it's just all hell's broken loose, and it's pretty crazy. Ah, uh, that sounds so fun. It is. Fun. I may join. I may have to come see what's going on over there. Yeah, come on. Now, Evan, you mentioned somebody named Matt. And for our listeners who don't know, Matt was actually Evan's student teacher at <laughs> Midway High School back in the day. Matt was a student teacher. But it's funny, I have this friend. <laughs> I have this friend who actually ended up going to Texas Tech. His name's Taylor. I distinctly remember my friend Taylor saying, dude, I have this really cool student teacher named Matt. And I remember being like, I bet he's a nerd. I bet he stinks. And now look at us, two white guys podding across America. <laughs> look at you we now. We've really come a long way, Matt and I. Matt and I used to trade D's nuts jokes on the timeline when I was in college. 
I was a thorn in his side for years. He used to do this thing called uh, playing the game, which I really want him to bring back. And I can kind of brag about him because he's not here. Listener, don't tell him I said nice things about him. But when Baylor was sort of in the, the throes of the football scandal, our basketball team both of them, you know, they were becoming and remaining very good. So every time we would beat teams, specifically, honestly, Iowa State, they would, ju- he would just Google like slur Baylor, like fuck Baylor or like Baylor fucking stinks. He would just search it and he would just respond with like the not even mean things, just like, oh, did somebody not change your diaper today? And he did it for like four years. So that's how Matt and I became friends. I just kept telling him how funny he was. Not my student teacher that's class. Hilarious. He didn't teach me money matters. That was someone else. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. Small world. Joke about that, but I'm old enough to have been a teacher when you were in high school. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so Yeah, you could have I don't appreciate that. All right. Well, those are the gambling gauchos, folks. They joined between two Bears headquarters this week. That's right. We're on the Dave Campbell's Republican football podcast feed. You know where to find us. Matt, we miss you. We'll see you next week. Uh...